Hi, this is Justin Kaledi of Sonic Scoop. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of the Sonic Scoop podcast. And today, I'm here to tell you that the words that you use to talk about audio make no sense at all. And I'm not only telling you, I'm also telling myself, there are so many words. What do they mean? Warm, punchy. What do these words actually mean? Do they have like commonly accepted definitions that we can agree on? Is there a way that we can describe warmth so we all know that we're talking about the same thing? Let's be honest here. You've heard you, the word warm used in ways that you've disagreed with. I know that I have. I've heard people say that a sound was warm when to me it sounded really bright and thin and shrill. And I've heard the, used, the word warm be used to describe sounds that to me sound really dark and muddy and murky. And now I'm using all these other words, bright, shrill, dark, muddy, murky. Some of these words have more clear meanings than others. And I'm going to give you a few suggestions for words that you can use that are better for communicating about audio. And a few suggestions for avoiding words that just aren't helping you communicate. And this is a big problem in audio, right? We talk to people about our favorite records or what we want our record to sound like. And we're trying to use words in our normal vocabulary. And it's really, really difficult. There's a, a saying, I think it's been attributed very often to Frank Zappa. It's not known if he's the first person to say it, but it's something along the lines of, you know, talking about music is like dancing about architecture. And that's kind of how it feels. But I think I can give you some ideas on how to communicate better with people about audio, what words should mean, how you should use them, and better yet, what you should sometimes do instead of using words. So I'm going to give you some rants, some raves, and also some concrete advice in this one. I hope it's useful to you. I'm going to draw a little bit on an article that I wrote way back in 2011. Yes, I have been writing about audio stuff for more than a decade. I think this is the year's going to be the 11th anniversary of Sonic Scoop if not more than that. And I've been writing for it, I think, since 2010. So now it's 2021. And if you're a time traveler in the future, I'm probably still writing and talking about this stuff. So who knows how long it's been by the time that you hear this. So the article I wrote was called Dancing About Architecture, a Dictionary of Audio Terms. And when fun, I'm going to read a few excerpts from it because I think there's some good spots in there. But let's get right into this one. I'm going to start off with the word punchy. What does punchy mean anyway? So the Merriam-Webster, I looked this up in the dictionary, they define punchiness as being forceful, spirited, vivid, vibrant. That sounds pretty nice, but I still have no idea what that sounds like. On a website, I was looking around for definitions of punchy online, and there was a website, I think it was a talk-based forum that I have linked here, and they gave a take. It means strong lows slash mids that produce a pronounced dull initial attack, a muted, padded, kick drum-like character. So they're saying that punchy means a initial pronounced dull attack with a muted, padded, kick drum-like character. And then there was another audio glossary that gave the definition, good reproduction of dynamics, good transient response with strong impact. Those two things sound almost exactly the opposite from each other. So which one does punchy mean? I don't know. If I was going to tell you what punchy means, I guess that to me, I would guess a punchy sound should be one that has 
a good amount of initial impact, has a good transient response, like an initial transient, but it's not light or flighty. And that transient is well controlled, so it's not super pronounced, right? So we don't have way too much transient, and it's not like an uncontrolled, like dynamically inconsistent transient, but it's not like a transient that's totally shaved off and sounds totally muffled. So it's like a good balance between the two. So like a good amount of attack, that's what punchy means? Compared to what? In what context? So it's like a moving target, isn't it? Punchy. What do you think it means? You let me know in the comments down below. Or if you think you have a good one-sentence, precise definition that no one could argue with, you can write it down there or email me at podcast at sonicscoop.com. I'd love to hear it. What does that word mean, punchy? Guess what a word that I don't use when talking to my clients is? Punchy. I rarely use it. <laughs> Maybe it's reasonable for someone to say, because punchy, it's like a slippery term that doesn't describe a single characteristic. Instead, it suggests a balance between a few characteristics. That's what punchy really does. So it's probably reasonable for someone to say, I like that snare sound. It's full and punchy. Or I like that snare sound. It's clear and punchy. And basically what they're saying is, I like it. I think it's well-balanced. That's basically all they're saying. Now, here's something that's not productive when you make a directive statement, such as, I want the sound to be more punchy. Okay, how? What do you mean? Does it have too much attack? Does it have not enough attack? Are we not even talking about the attack? What are we talking about? So, sometimes there are words that just mean, I like it. But they don't actually give us a direction to go in as a term to communicate between musicians or between audio people. They're just not useful in that way. And I think punchy is one of them. And this is a theme that we're going to come back to. The words that don't make sense to use when we're trying to get somewhere are words that are just generally positive, like punchy. So what are some better words to use instead of punchy that would give us a direction? The English language has thousands of adjectives. So why use an unclear one like punchy? There's a lot of words that have a really onomatopoeic character. How about, I want to sound with more crack. Mmm. Oh, I want to have more crack. That starts to mean something. You know what? This needs more thud. Okay. How about more zing? Or more sizzle? Here are some weird ones. How about a sound that's a little more pocky or snappy? Those are sounds that I could start to wrap my head around and like, okay, we want more sizzle. There's not like five different directions I could go to get more sizzle. We're talking about high frequency stuff. I get the idea of sizzle and there has to be some sustaining thing for sizzle. Okay, if you're going to use the word sizzle, that kind of starts to make sense. So I'm actually not coming in here being the audio nerd saying, well, we should talk exclusively in Hertz and attack times. No, you can use this creative language. I would just suggest that you use language that has more of a clear direction when you're trying to give people direction. Punchy, that suggests well-balanced overall and doesn't say what you want. Crack has a very specific idea of, oh, that's got to be something about the initial attack. We're talking about something that's short and powerful and bright, but not like super thin. We're getting an idea there. Zing, that's different than crack, right? 
it's zingy. I mean, every, the word, you know, we're, we're looking for, maybe it's, it's not quite sustained as sizzling, but it's zingy. So using these words can give you a little bit more directive. Now, of course, there's something better than these words at all or whatsoever. Like, there's totally better options than using any of these words. And we'll get to that in a second. But if you're going to use these words, think about that idea. Are you giving a word that says, generally, I want it generally better? Or are you giving a word that suggests a specific direction? I don't think punchy does. So another one, warm, that is probably the single biggest offender because it's on everyone's lips, right? From someone who's picked up their first guitar for the first time to some old fogey who's talking about the sound of his old radio to whoever. So, according to mainstream dictionaries, when we're using warm as a verb, it means to fill with pleasant emotions or to infuse with feelings of love, friendship, well-being, or pleasure. So, that really could mean anything. I also looked up a dictionary here. Um, uh, J. Gordon Holt tried to narrow it down in a piece he wrote called Sounds Like an Audio Glossary. Here, he gave the definition of warmth a listening term, the opposite of cool or cold. In terms of frequency, generally considered, the range were approximately 150 to 400 hertz. I mean, that's something, and I would actually be able to agree with that idea that for me, generally warm sounds are ones that have a good amount of substance in the lower mid-range. But here's the problem. But not too much. And that's what warm really means to me. Something that sounds full, warm, full in the low mids is what warm means to me. But a lot of people use it differently. I've heard people describe very bright sounding microphones as warm. I've heard people describing things that have a lot of, you know, a push in the mid-range is warm. I've heard people describing things that sound really scooped to me, the opposite of warm in my mind, as warm. So that's a tricky one. So what are better words? Any word that's been misused so much kind of ceases to, to mean anything. So I think that if you're using the word warm and warmer, that only really works if you're playing Marco Polo. <laughs> warmer, you're closer. If you're going for a sound that's more muddy, murky, woody, or woolly, that's a little bit more specific. We at least know together what direction we're going. And when we heard those words, muddy, murky, woody, woolly, we, we absolutely have a sense for which direction we want to go towards or away from. And each of those have a slightly different feel, but all of those to me suggest more lower mid-range and probably less high frequency. We can also use words like hazy, veiled, soft around the edges for the idea of you know, kind of reducing some high frequency, but without necessarily a buildup in low mids. And then if you're going too far, too far into mud, Mudville and you want to reel it in, you can use words like articulation, clarity, snap, precision. So those are interesting. What if you want something to be a little bit more saturated? People sometimes use warm to mean that. You could say you want something that has a little bit more cream on it, or edge, or bite, or hair. All of those give the idea of saturation. But I've been talking now about all these like weird, esoteric, funny-sounding words you could use. List some of your favorites down there. 
But these are generally not the words I use so much with my clients. Yes, sometimes I'll use words like open or articulate, that kind of thing. But the most likely words for me to use with clients are very simple, dark and bright. Those are two words that it's rare that you're going to have different opinions on the meaning of them. Dark means darker, less treble, less high frequency, a darker sound. Bright means brighter, more high frequency, more treble. That's appropriate. And we get a sense for which direction we want to go into. We want to go darker or do we want to go brighter? Now, once we've decided which of those directions we're talking about, it helps to narrow it down. And this is where you can start to nerd out about audio and break things down into frequency ranges. You want brighter. Brighter in what way? Are we talking about high highs? Are we talking about upper mids? Or are we talking about that just needs less low end or less low mids? That's actually my job to figure out. And there's two good ways to do this. One is to play a couple of different options for the client. Play what it sounds like with the upper mids boosted compared to the high frequency boosted. See what they like better. That's less and less common in the days of remote sessions. So much work is being done these days, so you can't always play things for people. So I think in that context, one of the best things is references. You hear some of their favorite records, and you say, bright in what way? Oh, these are the records you like the sound of. And I can hear, or see on a frequency analyzer if you want to cheat, that this one has a lot more energy in the 10 to 12k region than your mix does. Or it has less energy in the 10 to 12k region, it has more in the 4 to 6k region. So me as the audio engineer, the mixy guy, the mastering guy, I'm supposed to do that. But sometimes you're talking to someone else who also kind of knows these things. And that's a good next step to take. Try to simplify it. Darker or brighter? Or more distorted or cleaner? Really, the more simple you can make these words, the better result you're going to have. Try to go for words as much as you can that are totally unambiguous. That really can only mean one thing. Cleaner and dirtier can really only mean one thing each. Darker and brighter can only really mean one thing each. And now, once we have to get into specifics around those words, that's where it starts to be helpful to go a little deeper. And then maybe that's when we talk about frequency ranges. You don't even need to talk numbers. Upper mids or highs. We're talking about making things brighter. It's probably one of those two areas. And now we just have to figure out what each of these two ranges sound like and make sure we're on the same page with what each of those two ranges sound like with the clients, either through playing them examples or from hearing their references to getting a feel for what they probably like. So I'm not telling you don't use like fancy, fun, artistic ways of saying things. Totally do. I threw out like a whole bunch of like funny words that you can use. I'm just saying that know that if you're going to use them, the more you can figure out a word that could, that gives you a specific direction and that's unambiguous, the better. Punchy, not so good. Crack, now I have a sense for what you mean. Warm. Not so good. Wooly. That's better. Dark. If you just meant dark or darker, why don't we say that? 
So I think the biggest problem is when we run into descriptors, general descriptors that say, that sounds well-balanced and nice, and we pretend it's a direction because it's not. Well-balanced and nice is where we want to end up. The question is, what sounds well-balanced and nice to you? Where are we right now? And which direction do we need to go from here to get there? And there we need words that suggest specific directions, not specific end results. And ideally, we stop talking about audio because talking about audio is like dancing about architecture. And while dancing about architecture, I'm sure, can be a lot of fun, it doesn't tell you how to build a building. At a certain point, you need to get in there with some blueprints. And at a certain point, we need to roll up our sleeves, or I guess roll back our earmuffs, and actually listen to some sounds together. And that's why references are big, and playing options for clients and collaborators is huge. And actual music and sound does so much more than words ever could. If they couldn't, why do we even have music and sound? Why wouldn't we just use words? Some things words can't do, and that's why I'm going to shut the heck up right now and let you go. Before I do, the biggest shout out to our sponsors for this week. Yes, I saved the sponsor section this week for the very end. Tell me if you like this format better. Sound Toys. Sound Toys making some of my favorite creative effects in the known universe. Try out anything they make for free for 30 days over at SoundToys.com. Some of the best plugins out there. Just get the whole bundle if you don't have it already. You got the Decapitator, the Devil Ox, the Phase Mistress, the, uh, did I say Echo Boy already? The, oh my goodness, there's so many of them. The Primal Tap. Just incredible tools. So go get them if you haven't already. Also, go get yourself something. You can go to SonicScoop.com slash contest where you can sign up to win. Whatever the heck it is we're giving away right now. I don't even know because I'm recording this episode a couple weeks in advance. So you can check that out at sonicscoop.com slash contest. See if we've got a contest going. We have them practically every other, every other week. So definitely check that out. Also, if you want something totally for free, I've got a free workshop for you on mastering. Where I don't think I use the word punchy or warm once. You can find that over at sonicscoop.com slash mastering101. That's sonicscoop.com slash mastering101. Where you can get a free primer to really catch up to speed on what mastering really is and what the overall goals and methods are. If you want something that's more oriented in mixing, I've got a full-length workshop for you called The Five Habits of Every Great Mixer. I've been interviewing great audio engineers, producers, mixers for more than a decade, and these are the common threads that tie all their work together. Every single one of them does at least four of these, and most of them do all five. So check that out at sonicscoop.com slash mixhabits. That's sonicscoop.com slash mixhabits. If you want to go even deeper with me, I do have the full-length courses, Mixing Breakthroughs and Mastering Demystified. They're the most useful things I've ever done. And if you've gotten this far with me, you probably like to hear me talk and my take on things. So you're going to love these courses. I really do think you are going to. Thanks for hanging out with me. This has been Justin Coletti of Sonic Scoop. See you next time.